I personally knocked about 6,000 doors in the city of Marquette in 2019. And my volunteers, with my volunteers, we our campaign knocked a total of about 10,000 doors. And there's only about 10,000 doors to knock in Marquette. It's a small town. <laughs> so, you know, we, we really went hard and knocked a lot of doors and talked directly to like thousands of voters. And, you know, among some other things we did, I think that made a big difference. So I would say, you know, look for inspiration to, to other people who've already come before you. You don't need to reinvent the wheel. Evan was born and raised in Marquette, a small town in Michigan's rural Upper Peninsula. He grew up in a working class family and attended local public schools before earning a degree in government at Harvard University. Returning to his hometown after college, Evan worked as a Lead for America fellow for the Marquette County government and also ran for local office. In November 2019, he was elected the youngest ever Marquette City Commissioner two weeks after his 23rd birthday, earning the support of 68% of the voters in the citywide election. On the City Commission, he has championed affordable housing, government transparency, and environmental preservation, while also confronting the economic and fiscal challenges facing the city of Marquette. Evan is currently earning a master's degree in education at Northern Michigan University in Marquette and plans to become a social studies and history teacher after graduating next year. Evan and his wife Aubrey also just got married in August and they've known each other since the fourth grade and have been together since they were in middle school. Well, first off, congrats on the marriage. Yeah, thanks, Vivek. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, some people marry their college sweethearts, high school sweethearts. I, I kind of married my elementary school sweetheart. So we just got married on August 14th and here in Marquette. And it was wonderful. Well, I find that super adorable and sweet. But unfortunately, it's people like you that are making my family think it's my time to get married. Yeah, I, I've heard that before. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> All good. So you were the youngest ever Marquette City Commissioner. And you did that at the age of 23, but you started running your campaign when you were 22, correct? Yeah, yeah. I actually started running my campaign when I was technically still in college. It was like January of 2019, and I was going into my last semester at Harvard. And I had, you know, throughout my time in college, I tried to remain involved in my community here in Marquette, served on a couple of local advisory boards that, you know, met at times that worked with my schedule and going back and forth between school. And I knew I wanted to come back to Marquette when I found out that I was going to be a lead for America and I was going to be just kind of like teach for America, but for local government instead of for teaching. And I was going to be working in Marquette for the Marquette County government. At that time, I decided that I would try running for local office in the city of Marquette. So you'd had some experience with local politics, being involved with different organizations, like you said, lead for America. What was it about the role of city commissioner that you know, you, that interested you and I guess backtrack and break it down for us. What is the city commissioner? Yeah. So Marquette city commission is a, it's a, it's a city council. It's what we call our city council in Marquette. Marquette is a town of about 20,000 people located in Marquette County, which is a pretty large County of about 70,000 people, at least large for Northern Michigan. And it's a, it's a small town. It's got a university, Northern Michigan university. We have a hospital. So we have some assets that, that other communities in rural Michigan don't necessarily have, but we're still very much a small town. And 
our city commission has seven members and there's a couple seats up every year. And so in 2019, which was of course like an odd numbered off year election, most people don't think of there being elections at that time. I, I was coming back home to Marquette and I was just thinking about the struggles that I was facing, trying to, I mean, get, get a job in Marquette after college. I really wanted to stay in my community, but it was very difficult to find opportunities. And even once I found a job in Marquette, working for the county government, you know, I was struggling to find housing, to find an apartment I could afford. I mean, I, I, it took me over six months to find the apartment I'm in now, which I'm very fortunate is as affordable as it is. I mean, my landlords could charge a lot more than, than, than they do right now in Marquette's housing uh, market. And we've seen rising housing prices. You know, when I was in high school and college, my family had to move, I think, four times in about six years to find housing that we could afford. Like a lot of families in Marquette, you know, we were hit pretty hard by the, the recession around like 2009, 2010. And so, you know, I really, I kind of see, I, I was thinking about the struggles that me and my family had faced and some of the frustrations we had about local government and saw that and about the way things were going in Marquette. And I, I saw that the local government wasn't really talking about those issues that we were talking about every day. They, you know, the local government wasn't talking about housing affordability. It was, they weren't talking about, you know, in preserving our lakeshore, our trails, uh, our forest lands around town that's so, that are so important to people. And, and there's also a sense that the local government wasn't very transparent and, and wasn't necessarily very accountable or, you know, really listening to people. And... I didn't see any of those issues being discussed in City Hall very much at all. So that's really why I decided. So you said, you brought these up and I mentioned in your bio, you champion affordable housing, government transparency, and environmental preservation. And you touched on a little bit of what was going on in the city for why you champion those things. Did you notice, when you say no one was talking about it, did you really lead the, the charge with bringing it to the conversation when you started campaigning? Was, how was, what was that like, bringing like a whole new type of conversation to the, to the political sphere? Well, it was a little scary. I mean, for a couple of reasons, right? Because number one, I was, I was very young, right? I mean, I was 22. I, I wasn't even technically uh, you know, a college graduate yet. I was still technically in college when I started running. And I was 22 years old. I had lived in Marquette my whole life, so I knew the community very well. And I'd been involved a little bit in local politics, just like volunteering and stuff when I was in high school and college. It was a little intimidating to, to be bringing up some of these issues that other you know, people weren't talking about, some of the more established figures in the community. You know, a lot of people who are currently on the commission um, weren't really discussing or prioritizing because there was always that, that, that fear, I think, that people would just, would just discount what I had to say because of my age and my, my relative inexperience. And, and then also, you know, I, I think that uh, I was a little, I was a little worried, you know, as, as well, like coming back home after going to Harvard, like I, I talked to, I, I talked to the first person I knocked, when I knocked on their door, when I was running in like the middle of the winter in January, 2019, I, I was talking to a woman who, who answered her door and she said, well, like, why are you knocking on my door in the middle of the winter? Number one, <laughs> are, are you, are you even old enough to vote much less run for city commission? And then she looked at the little piece of information of information that I gave her a little piece of literature. And she was like reading it a little bit. She's like, you went to Harvard. Well, what, what the heck are you doing here? <laughs> you know, like, and, and, and like, so that I was worried about that too, because I, I was worried people wouldn't really get what I was trying to do. And then, you know, finally, there was always that concern that maybe people just like wouldn't 
connect with the issues that I was talking about. But I, I think deep down, I knew that campaigning on these issues of like housing affordability, preserving our lakeshore, preserving our natural environment, trying to increase government transparency, trying to create some more economic opportunity as well for like for younger people who, who want to stay in Marquette because it's a great place to live. There's just not a lot of opportunity. Those are things that I knew people were talking about around like the proverbial kitchen table, right? And they were talking about in the bar, they were talking about with their friends and their family, but they, the city council, the city commission wasn't talking about it necessarily. The city government wasn't talking about it necessarily. And so I do think that by running, I kind of, I did to an extent sort of force other candidates in the race and other folks on the commission to start talking about some of these issues. And I think it just kind of goes to show like, you know, when we can talk later a little bit about what I think some of the takeaways are for, for other young folks and members of Gen Z that are interested in public service. But like, I think one of the biggest things is like, just start the conversation if it, and, 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 and you can really change a lot of people's minds just by making good arguments for, for good ideas. So how'd you at 22 and, and like you said, in college, go from recognizing these things in your city, trying to create a narrative or like you said, an argument so that you could have some sort of voice and leadership in your community. How do you take the next step and like figure out how to build a campaign, get a team, like, like make a narrative, get confident to do these debates? Well, I don't even know like if I want to run for government, what the first step I would do. Yeah, it's, it's really intimidating. And, and the thing is like people who are currently in power, like whether that's older generation or the political establishment, whatever that means to you or, or what have you, like they, they want it to be difficult and intimidating and scary to run, right? And, and so what I would say, number one, is that if you start at a local level, it's much less intimidating, generally speaking. And, and I also think that you can have, while your impact won't be as broad as if you were running for a larger office at like a state level or a federal level, that you can have a much deeper impact on people's lives. And, you know, I think that what really made the difference for me, so I, I worked on a couple of local political campaigns before running for, for city commission. So I would, anybody, that, anybody that's you know, in their teens or early 20s right now, who really is interested in potentially running for office someday, like just volunteer for a local political campaign that you believe strongly in. It doesn't have to be local. It could be like a presidential campaign or a statewide political campaign, but get a little bit of that experience, like making phone calls to people, knocking doors, talking to voters, doing campaign events. It's really valuable. I was, um, I, I volunteered a lot and, and did a lot of campaign work for one of our former state representatives um, up here who was in Marquette, who was really a, a great mentor for me and really got me inspired and involved, you know, to, to, to be part of politics and public policy and government. And then I also was uh, the organizer for the entire Upper Peninsula of Michigan for a congressional campaign. You know, we're about 3% of the state's population. There's only about 300,000 people that live in this entire section of the state, but we're about 33% uh, of the state's land area. So, you know, it's very rural, very diffuse, and it's all about like that grassroots retail politics. So that those were great educational experiences for me. And I also think like I look to as inspiration to other campaigns, you know, like President Obama's campaign um, that focused a lot on knocking doors. Um, you see like people like AOC who just worked really hard in local races and, and got elected. 
by knocking a lot of doors. So that's kind of what I did. I personally knocked about 6,000 doors in the city of Marquette in 2019. And my volunteers, with my volunteers, we our campaign knocked a total of about 10,000 doors. And there's only about 10,000 doors to knock in Marquette. It's a small town. <laughs> so, you know, we, we really went hard and knocked a lot of doors and talked directly to like thousands of voters. And, you know, among some other things we did, I think that made a big difference. So I would say, you know, look for inspiration to look for inspiration to to other people who've already come before you. You don't need to reinvent the wheel. Another thing that I did was just set up a little, there's so many like nonpartisan, like free sites and online platforms you can use to to legally raise money for political campaigns. And especially as young people where our networks are very online and they're often like spread out all over the place geographically and our friends don't have a ton of money <laughs> usually, it's a great way to raise some money. So, I mean, I, I raised, significant, raised and spent significantly more money than any of my opponents just by like setting up a little website people could go to to donate. Wow, 10,000 houses, that is crazy. <laughs> How do you even like, strategize and plan around how to hit all you, you do it one door at a time one yeah. night at a time but you know every i mean i i tried to be really strict about it with myself like hey i i can take a vacation after election day like every every weeknight you know maybe i'll take friday nights off every now and then but just about every weeknight i'm going out for two two hours at least knocking doors weekends i'll do two or three packets of like 40 some doors each every every saturday and every sunday and that way, and then, and then also organizing volunteer events and getting volunteers engaged. We had a total of, I think, about 30 different people knock doors for our campaign at various points. And, and like I said, I mean, collectively, our volunteers knocked almost as many doors as I did. Well, I think it's pretty incredible that you were able to get the engagement and the volunteers and, and all the support that you did in your community because, you know, one of the things that I talked to someone else on the podcast about and one of the things that we've just been noticing with with Gen Zers and voting is that, you know, voting in general with young people at like the national level is not that high, but at the local level, it's far worse. And I think people, you know, when you ask them when they're younger or something, if they want to grow up and if they want to serve in, in office, it's oftentimes like I want to be president or I want to serve on the Supreme Court or maybe I'll be a senator. But no one really says I want to be the city commissioner. Right. But they should. Yeah. Because there's an incredible amount of influence and impact that your local government can have on your community and where you live. So what did you learn during your time as a city commissioner about the role and influence of local politics versus national politics? Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, and I think that's a really good point that you make, Vivek. It's like, there's so many, there are so many young people who are really passionate about issues and about public service, but they either don't really know, so many of us don't really know where to start and or you know we are, are sometimes a little bit of a victim of like shiny object syndrome you know where we, we look at the presidency or we look at you know this the the u.s congress and we think oh like that's that's what i need to aspire for that's what that's where we can make real change i mean it's in the last decade like how much real change has actually come from washington if we're being honest right like this is I, I was I was an intern in the U, in the U, U.S. Senate for a little while, and it was kind. I mean, it was it was a cool experience in some ways because I had never even been to D.C. really before then. But on the other hand, it was kind of disillusioning. I mean, 
the, the culture of DC is very cynical in a lot of ways and very transactional, but also it was just like, there's not a whole lot getting done. It was also 2017. So for, for me personally, kind of a demoralizing <laughs> period in American politics, but like getting involved at the local level, I, what I've learned is that people really will, even if they disagree with you on like one or two specific issues, like when I was talking about affordable housing, like we're being honest, there's a lot of people who voted for me who probably wouldn't like the idea of like a du the, the, the house next door to them getting converted into a duplex or something or a triplex, or they wouldn't like the idea of an affordable housing complex being built near their neighborhood. But at the end of the day, like even if they disagreed with me on that specific issue, they may have really agreed with me on the issue of preserving our lakeshore and our natural areas, or we need to get have some economic development to allow young people to stay here. And, and I think when I was talking about transparency and accountability, everybody really kind of connected with that. And I think that what it really drives home to me is, is that, you know, it's kind of like, you know, one of my personal role models is Jason Kander, who's a former candidate for Senate in Missouri. He was the youngest, I think, the youngest statewide elected official at one point in Missouri. And, you know, he, he, he kind of says, like, people really just want to know that, and I'm paraphrasing, but he, he always says, like, people just want to know that you care, you genuinely care about them. And that even if you disagree, that that disagreement is coming from like an honest place of like concern for your community and for people like them. And, and so if you can at least establish that credibility with people, that's what I've found is the most important thing in local government is just being accountable to people, letting people know that you care, listening to them. I mean, some of the most rewarding things that I've done as a commissioner in Marquette are things like somebody calls me the day after a blizzard in Marquette, we get a lot of snow and they're like, hey, my street hasn't been plowed. It's like noon, what, what's going on? Can you help me out? And I pick up the phone, I make a phone call. And then they, you know, they send me a text a few minutes later or an hour later, like, hey, my street's been plowed. Thanks. I appreciate it. I mean, that's the kind of thing that I find to be really rewarding. And I think a lot of people would find it to be rewarding if they gave it a try. And, and if you want to run for higher office someday and be involved at a higher level, that's great. But I think that getting involved at a local level first will actually not only make it more likely that you will succeed in that endeavor later on because you'll have that base of support from your community and from your region, but also it'll just make you a better public servant and a better elected official. I think that if every member of Congress was forced to serve on like a local city council like this or a local school board for a couple of years before they entered Congress, that probably our government would be a lot more productive, a lot more civil, and a lot more like representative of the well, I love that answer. I love that point of view. I think, like you said, it's super important that we have people interested in learning about local government, serving in local government, and recognizing the conversations that need to take place so we can see quicker, more immediate, and more efficient change in our communities. So thanks for sharing that. And kind of on that segment, like, what's the word? Kind of on that segment, <laughs> I wanted to ask you, you know, when you come in as a Gen Zer at 23, and like you said, people were kind of doubting you, maybe based off your age, or they made it harder for you to run. I think a lot of times there's like a fear of how do I even engage in these conversations with people who are more experienced, people I may actually even view as wiser, uh, people who are maybe more connected in the community. 
what advice do you have for people who are looking to run for office as a you know young Gen Zer who are going to go serve alongside those who are older and more experienced? What advice do you have for them and how to engage in conversations around disagreement or decision making or legitimizing that they deserve to be there, even though you know they might be in their teens or in their young twenties? Yeah, I mean it's it's challenging for sure, and and there's no there are no easy answers, but one thing, a couple of things I will say, I think number one, you have to go in with a certain level of humility. And, and so you do have to listen to people. Like at the end of the day, like we, we do need to kind of accept that, like, even if we don't like the way things are being done right now, even if we disagree pretty strongly with people, there's always a lot that we can learn from the many years of experience that some of our, our older colleagues or our more experienced colleagues have in any setting, but, you know, in, including in local government. And so that's something that I've tried to try to stay humble and ask questions and learn from their historical knowledge and things like that um, and their experience. It doesn't mean that you need to agree with everything they say or follow every piece of advice you get, but just asking, I think, is, and, and, and being genuinely curious is important. At the same time, I also think it's important that you have respect for yourself and confidence in your own beliefs, right? So like, you shouldn't be afraid to change your mind, but you shouldn't be changing your values to conform to those of like the establishment for lack of better terms. Like when I got on the city commission, there were some, I think just like values that I had that were different from the values that some of my colleagues had. And so we were not necessarily going to agree on some issues and that's fine. Or we were going to approach things in a different, you know, I mean, I, I, for example, every couple of weeks I do uh, like a Facebook live office hours kind of session where I just, I, I invite people from the community to tune in and ask questions in the comments and I respond and, and every week before the meetings I post um, I post the agendas for our meetings maybe with a little bit of information about what we're discussing and then after all the meetings I, I write explanations of all the like substantive votes that I took and post those on social media and on my website and I mean one, one of my colleagues at one point was you know, kind of like sort of talking to me after a meeting was like Hey, like, like, what, what are you trying to do? Why, why are you doing this? Like, and I was just like, well, I'm just trying to be transparent. You know, I'm just trying to, trying to make sure people know what's going on in the community and like why I voted the way I did and, and uh, be, I'm being responsive to people. But, you know, that person felt threatened a little bit, I think, by, by the way I was approaching things. And so you kind of have, but I knew that one of my values was transparency and accountability and, and, and honesty. And so I was going to keep doing that. And and I, I think that as far as having respect for yourself, I guess would be the last thing I would say, like, this can take different forms, but like, don't let people just like, be super rude to you. You don't need to put up with that. You don't need to let people be disrespectful to you just because they're older than you. And like, like I always, when I go to our city commission meetings, I probably like go a little bit too far on this, but I always wear like a shirt, tie, jacket, even though basically nobody else in the commission does that. They, 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 they dress up you know, pretty nice for the meetings, but nobody else is to that extent. But it's kind of like to make a point, like I'm, I'm here, I respect myself, I respect the people who elected me and who I'm serving, and like I respect this office and what we're doing. And I think that that sort of thing can go, can go a long way as well towards you know, earning respect from your, colleague, your, your older colleagues. And, and ultimately, the last thing I'll say on that is just that, Sometimes there's just going to be people that you're not going to be able to work well with very well. Like 
you need to find the common ground, but sometimes you need to recognize like when, like, frankly, like you, you maybe just need to like bring some more friends along with you in your journey in public service. And, and so like, for example, the year after I was elected, I uh, kind of helped out a couple of other younger, um, like more progressive candidates that were running in Marquette for the city commission. And they both got elected and now we're all on the city commission together and we're able to do a lot of stuff and talk about a lot of issues that we otherwise wouldn't be able to do. We otherwise wouldn't be able to talk about if I just kind of sat back and I'm only worried about myself, right? Um, instead of thinking about what do we need, what needs to be true for us to really make change here in, in Marquette. I really, I really love that answer. You know, always maintain humility, but know what you believe in. Don't be afraid to fight for it and respect yourself. I think that's uh, not only great advice to like how to run a campaign, but in a way how to kind of live your life. So I think I, I really appreciate that and and how 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 relevant that is to basically everybody. So it was great to have you on. Thank you for joining us. You know, there aren't many Gen Zers who have run a successful campaign and served in public office. So I appreciate your perspectives and insights. And I'm excited to see the younger Gen Zers assume their roles in office. So I appreciate your leadership in that and, and sharing your story. Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much, Vivek. I, I appreciate it. If, if before I go, if there's just one thing I, 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 I could Kind of share with people or ask people to think about is you know I, I i went to school in boston i went to harvard and i made the decision to come back to marquette to come back to, to northern michigan and it's one of the best decisions that i've ever made and it's really changed my life and i hope has made a positive difference in the community and so i would just ask folks you know when if you're going to college or you're thinking about leaving your hometown to find opportunity elsewhere obviously you have to do what you what you need to do for yourself but I would just consider, you know, consider staying in your community or consider going back home or, or going back to your adopted hometown. And, and I think that we really need to reconnect with community and with sense of place and with our neighbors as, as members of the next generation and get involved at a local level because ultimately like our communities need us. I worry about what happens to the country if all of the most like passionate and talented young folks in our generation get sucked away to like the same 10 like metro areas and the rest of the country and these other neighborhoods and communities are kind of left behind. I think that if we really want to make change in this country, like it needs to start at the local level, at the grassroots level, we kind of need to like start where we are. And, and, and so I hope that people kind of really consider that as well, that if, for example, you want to be involved in politics, you don't just need to go to DC. You can go back to Marquette, Michigan, um, or Detroit, Michigan, or wherever you're from and make a difference there. Yeah, I, I think a lot of times people leave their communities, you know, go to college and then, you know, some of us want to run away from our parents as far as possible. And um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I get that. And I know, you know, we talk about like brain drain growing up. It's like thinking about people leaving one country to another country, but it's happening right here in our local community. So I appreciate you sharing that. And for everyone tuning in today's show, thank you all so much for joining don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, leave a review, follow, all that type of stuff. And I hope y'all enjoy the rest of your day and we will see y'all back soon. Thank y'all. Bye.